0: Welcome to the Christian Life Austin Sunday Morning Message. Today, Lead Pastor Rex Johnson brings us a message entitled Jesus' Healing Ministry. In this standalone sermon, we will learn about five different types of healing. And now, here's Lead Pastor Rex Johnson. I'm going to talk to you today about the ministry of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ's ministry was a healing ministry. It really was. So I'm going to speak today on Jesus' healing ministry. I'm going to talk about it today. Now That sounds real dull. It really, really does. But I've got some oil in my hand. And the Lord has told me that I need to walk among the congregation today and touch you with some of this oil, some of you people that need healing in your life today. Because I really feel that Jesus' ministry is a healing ministry. Stand to your feet right now. Turn to your neighbor and say, Pastor, preach to us today. Let the word touch my heart. Let it change my heart. Preach to us today. Let the word touch my mind. Let it change my mind. mind. Preach to us today, Pastor. Let me leave here a better person. And a healed person when I walk out of here today in the name of the Lord in the name of the Lord in the name of the Lord you may be seated you're an awesome people I love you very much there's a famous legend in Buddha folklore in which philosophical preoccupation is dealt with in settling the matter of God's existence to a man shot with a poisoned arrow. In other words, does God exist? This man was shot with a poisoned arrow. Before the man can allow the arrow to be withdrawn and the wound treated, he insisted upon knowing who shot him and what sort of poison was in the arrow and what kind of medicine would be administered. And the man dies (laughs) before the questions can be answered. Philosophers concluded then, and Buddha said, that in the same way people need to be rescued from the burdens of suffering and of craving and of ignorance, no matter how the issue of God's existence fares among philosophers. We are in a day and an age right now where philosophers are really trying to preach that God really is dead. And if God is not dead, then he is gone. And he no longer hears the plaintive cry of people that need his help. Now, Buddha might be right, but the legend suggests another truth. Debate and argument, precise and rational understanding, is not the answer to our salvation. You hear me? It is certainly not the prerequisite for healing of our lives. For Jesus' ministry was a ministry of healing. Isaiah talked about him before Jesus ever came on the scene. He said he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And I love this. And with his stripes, we are healed. Now, let me talk about healing just a little bit. There's five forms of miracles of healing which the Lord gives all of us. One is what we love. That's instant healing, instant healing, the miracle of instant cure. When a person is immediately healed through faith and through prayer by the laying on of hands and by people calling on the name of the healer, Jesus Christ. Number two is natural capacity. It's the miracle of God's undertaking It may take process, God bestowing upon us the natural capacity to be healed, undertaking through nature, through perhaps physicians and nurses and medical science to facilitate the healing process. I love men and women in this church who are physicians in this house that understand that they are not the cure, but the one that they serve is the real cure. But many times we have to go through these people And I have to understand, nobody here is preaching against the doctors and the nurses and medical science. Luke, who wrote the book of Acts, was Paul's physician. He was a doctor. Here's what I want to tell you. Sometimes God uses natural capacities. Then number three is directional healing. The miracle of God's guidance in what we call remedy. God's guidance, which means direction, which means perhaps you're doing something that brings curse to your life. So you have to turn around to have blessing come in your life. It's hard to lay empty hands on empty heads sometimes that don't grab it and don't understand that you can do things that will curse your life. You need to come to worship service. You need to go to a right doctor in your life, to the right medication, perhaps guidance from the right friend whom we can share our burden. soul. God wants you to understand that you've got to start making proper choices in your life. And when the proper choices are made in your life, there will come a healing in your life because God heals people who make proper choices in their life. Can you say amen to that? Number four. It's what we call sufficient grace, the healing of sufficient grace. Paul is our witness here of this miracle. You remember the thorn in the flesh, which despite Paul's earnest prayer for that thorn to be removed, it wasn't. But Paul's conclusion was this. His grace is sufficient. However you consider that, it is still a miracle. When grace overwhelms anything that tries to bring you down, There is healing power in the grace of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And then the last is the triumphant crossing. Many of us don't like to talk about this way of healing, but there is a healing, the miracle of crossing over, the faith that we have which enables us to cross from this life through death to a fuller life in a triumphant way. We have a dear friend. His name is Dave Noakes. Dave Noakes was a wonderful member of our congregation And he served here, and he was a giver, one of the greatest givers, one of the purest men I've ever pastored in my life. But Dave, always giving, always trying to help, was on a rooftop the other day putting up Christmas lights. At 63, he should have had somebody 36 up there doing that. And he fell off the roof, hit his head, and he died a death of brain injury. And David did not get healed in this life, but he crossed over, and today I can testify Because I know what's on the other side. I've read in this book what's on the other side. There's no more pain. There's no more suffering. There's no more dying. There's no more heartache. There's no more hurting. Amen. There's no more nights. There's no more tears. There's no more suffering. Dave is healed today. He is well today. And his mind and his brain are back to capacity again because he crossed over. So we talk about instant, natural, directional, sufficient grace and triumphant crossing. But today the Lord has directed me to preach to you that there needs to be some healings in the house. We're going to bypass the last four and we're going to talk about some miracles in the house today. I remember back in July when we went through a time when everything that came in this house walked out of here healed. And the Lord said, why don't you still preach about that? Here it is, November, and you hadn't mentioned my healing power again. And I apologized and repented to God this week. But I told him, I said, Lord, if you'll just wait till Sunday, I'll give them everything I have because your ministry is still a healing ministry. Amen. 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 I want to focus on two of Jesus' healing stories. Both are found in the Gospel of John. But I want to set the story in our awareness that Jesus' ministry, I want to say it again and again, was a healing ministry. Everybody say, with his stripes. We are healed. If we're familiar with the Gospels at all, we easily remember dramatic instances of Jesus' healing ministry. We remember the man of the Gadarenes. He called himself Legion, for he said, we are many. And he knew he was controlled by forces that were not of himself. But when Jesus stepped on the shore, you got to get this, 2,000 demons could not hold a man back from running to Jesus Christ and falling at his feet and worshiping him. I'm telling you, if 2,000 devils cannot stop a man from being delivered... There is no reason why you that are afflicted with pain and hurt with some kind of tragedy in your life cannot come to Jesus this morning and be healed by the power of God. But one thing the man did that many of us don't do, he fell down and worshiped him. He fell down and worshiped him. Not only did he run to him, he worshiped him. Anybody want some healing? Why don't you clap your hands and love him a little bit this morning. I think that's in order. His ministry is a healing ministry. Remember the hemorrhaging woman? Remember the woman with the issue of blood? Jesus was on another mission that day, the mission of raising a little 12-year-old girl from the dead, Jairus' daughter. But the woman overtook him on the way. She was not exactly dead like the little girl, but she often wished that she was. She was worse than dead in her mind. She had tried everything. She had tried everybody. She spent all of her living on doctors and medicine. In desperation, she forced herself through the crowd. If I can just touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. And she set off a flurry of people who touched the Lord and were healed. When she touched the hem of his garment, Jesus stopped in his tracks. And he said, who touched me? And some of the disciples said, Lord, everybody's here. We've all touched you. He said, no, I'm not talking about bumped up against me. I'm talking about somebody that's come and touched me. Somebody has touched me. She was a nobody that became a somebody when she touched the Lord. I'm here to declare to you today, it's time that we understand something about this. And I'm going to preach it in a little while. You can't stand still if you have an infirmity. You need to run to Jesus and worship Him. You need to come and touch the hem of His garment today because you may just ignite like that little woman did. She ignited four other revivals in other areas of people that came up just to touch the hem of His garment. Here's what I want to tell you. Jesus' ministry was a healing ministry, and He wants to heal you. He came to seek and to save that which was lost, but he came to heal the brokenhearted. His ministry is a healing one. So, it's a parade of witnesses like her who move through the scriptures. You can't read the Gospels without experiencing the glorious truth. Jesus' ministry is a healing one. So, Jesus' ministry is a healing one, and we look specifically at two of the stories of healing. First, John 5, the pool of Bethesda. The first is a man who had been sick for 38 years. 38 years. He was located in a pool called Bethesda. Now, there are seven pools in Jerusalem at the time of Jesus. Many of you have heard me preach, but you've never heard me preach about these, these seven pools. And many of these pools were named particular things because of what happened at those particular pools. You see, people went to the pool that they thought could heal their affliction. And so the man who went to the pool of Bethesda, people there were blind and halted and withered. That's why he went to the pool of Bethesda. But the pool of, in, in Rogel, the pool was the spring of the fullers, which meant that people came and washed their clothes there. They came to make their garments clean. They washed their clothes in the in Rogel pool. Many Pharisees washed their clothes in the pool of Enregel because it was always what was on the outside that mattered, not what was on the inside. Oh, I'm fixing to preach now. Then the Gahan pool, it was a natural spring-fed pool. It came from what they call the Valley of Grace, the Valley of Grace. And by the way, the Valley of Grace pool fed the pool of Siloam. We'll talk about that a little bit later. And then there was the Amygdalon pool which people went to when they had fears and they had emotions and their emotions were out of out of hand And they lost their cool. They needed to go to the uh, amygdalon pool, which uh, which represents a part of the brain. And then there was the serpent's pool. Somebody said, well, that's where the devil dwelled. No, that's if you had a wound in your body, perhaps a serpent bite, perhaps a wound, perhaps you had fought a dragon, perhaps you had fought a war and you needed some kind of healing in that, you'd go there and be healed. And there were more, but there were two more. One was called the Pool of Bethesda and the other was called the Pool of Siloam. Now, one was by the temple, and the other was just outside the walls of the rebuilt Jerusalem. Notice I said rebuilt Jerusalem. Bethesda had five porches. It was called the House of Mercy. It was a healing pool. In biblical numerology or thematics, five is the number of grace. Stay with me now. Yet history says that the water there was 13 meters deep. Stay with me. Folks, that is deep water. That's 45 feet deep, and there wasn't no shallow end. So, folks, deep water, great grace, yet never a story, never a story comes out of the Bible of one person ever getting healed there. The man had a story to tell Jesus. John 5 said that there were all kinds of impotent people there, the blind, the halt, and the withered waiting for the moving of the water. A man had been coming to the pool of Bethesda for 38 years thinking that somehow getting into the waters of the pool would bring healing. And Jesus shocks this man by asking, Do you want to be healed? Have you ever noticed that the man doesn't even hear Jesus' question? His answer could have been a simple one, Yes, I want to be healed, or No, I don't want to be healed. But Jesus asked the question, Do you want to be healed? Because Jesus is in the healing business. But in this instance, I think Jesus is teaching us a big lesson. And here it is. Some healing. Some healing is up to us. I've said Jesus is in the healing business about ten times. But now I preach, are you in the receiving business Of his healing today. Amen. Amen. I've known people. Who deliberately. Have withheld forgiveness. And harbored resentment. Who kept an injury alive. Kind of a tranquilize. Against the demands. Of what we call responsible living. I want to declare to you right now. You don't need to hold those pains and fears any longer in your life today. Jesus is in the healing business. You need to walk away from those things that you've harbored and those withholding forgivenesses that you've harbored. I've known people who get an old satisfaction, an odd satisfaction in feeling victimized by life. I've known people who seem to have a need to suffer. I'm here to declare to you Jesus ministry is a healing ministry. You don't have to withhold forgiveness anymore. You don't have to go around suffering anymore. You can leave here today leaping and praising and singing and shouting because Jesus' ministry is a healing ministry. My question is, are you in the receiving business today? Used to be a woman I pastored in this church. God knows I loved her. I love everybody in this house. I love everybody in this house. Am I pleased with people all the time? No, that's what keeps me praying. If I was pleased with everybody and everybody was on cloud nine, I wouldn't need a job. But the bottom line is I love everybody in this house. But I noticed when this woman came to our church several years ago, she's no longer a member here. She's still in the church. She moved to another state. She still has family in this church, and this family knows this story. But she would not have anything to do. She worked in this church. She would not have anything to do. Everybody else, she was kind. She was affectionate too. She loved everybody. But when she saw me, she would turn and go the other direction. I'm the lover of people in this house. My God in heaven. And she'd walk off. And so, you know, I didn't question. It's okay. It's okay. Maybe she thought I was too handsome for her to talk to. (laughs) Or too fat. I don't know. But I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't think anything about it. I really didn't. I thought, you know, she's got her own things to wrestle with. That's all right. But one day, we had a beautiful move of God in the service. And the next morning, she walked in my office. She said, Pastor, I need to talk to you. I said, what? She said, Pastor, I was married to a man for a number of years that looked just like you. And she said, Pastor, he beat me up. He abused me. Then he would go to the pulpit and preach the gospel. Said he was mean at home and kind to everybody else. And said, Pastor, I've just had a problem overcoming what you look like. And I looked at her and grinned. I said, you want me to get a facelift? You want me to get some hair? I'll do what I have to do. How big was he? She said, Pastor, he looked so much like you. I thought, no, he didn't look like me. There's only one of me. And something broke in her spirit that day. And she said, Pastor, I want you to pray for me. I want to get past the anguish of being able to receive, oh my God, what God has for me in this church and I reached out and brought some of the staff members in and I laid hands on her and we prayed for her and God broke that spirit and the rest of the time she was here she's a beautiful lady, she's remarried her husband died and I buried him in this church she's a beautiful person, she's in another state now, but she loved God she walked in this church seeking God let me tell you something, you can walk in here with a hurt spirit, you can walk in here with pain in your life but you've got resentment because somebody in the ministry or somebody in the church has hurt you and the church is not what you you want to receive your victory from but I'm telling you Jesus is in this house right now and his business is the healing business my question is are you in the receiving posture today Woo! some people suffering give them the ammunition they need to fight the universe And do battle with others. And asking this question, Jesus makes the point that to receive his healing, we must desire his healing. One of the saddest lines in the story is his words to Jesus. Sir, I have no man to put me in the pool when the water is stirred. And let me just think a moment. It wasn't the putting in. It was the getting out of if the miracle didn't work. So there was a lack of faith. It wasn't the putting in because anybody that had been there 38 years had to be on the edge. And he could have asked one of those blind men, can you nudge me? The fear wasn't getting in. The fear was what I'm going to be when I get out. And I'm going to drown in it. And I'm not going to receive what God has for me. I'm going to leave here without my blessing. It wasn't The water was too deep to swim in and a paralyzed man may need a little help. There's a lot of pools that are close to the temple that are deep. They have five porches, but people beside them are still impotent, they're blind, they're halt, and they're withered. There's a lot of people that preach grace and preach mercy and preach the depths of God's love, but nobody ever gets healed in those services. And so I've come today. Jesus got, got in trouble that Sabbath healing that man and telling him to take up his bed and walk. And the temple crowd was more interested in obeying rules than seeing a lame man be healed. I don't want this temple crowd today to be un, uh, 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 unabashed in your criticism because some people are going to get healing in this house today. You understand that? And if the pool is too close to your thinking then you need to read the book again because Jesus' ministry was a healing ministry. Say it again. It's a healing ministry. It haunts me how different it is This is from the story of the men who took their friend to the rooftop and dug a hole through the ceiling so they could lower their friend on his pallet into the presence of Jesus in order that he might be healed. It haunts me. I have no one to put me in the pool. Here's my point. Either we believe this Jesus Or we stay paralyzed in the moment, wondering if God can still do anything. Jesus went to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. He was by the temple close to the pool on the Sabbath. He just wanted to heal someone because his ministry was a healing one. Jesus is always where people need healing. Now the second pool was a pool of Siloam. It simply means to be sent. It was the only fresh water spring in the city. We encounter this one in John chapter 9. Let me speak about that pool. In 2 Kings chapter 20, said Hezekiah made a pool and a conduit to bring water into the city. It was created to keep Israel from thirsting when Sennacherib and Rabshakeh came against the city. It was built, you hear me now, by a king for a people. It was not built by people who worked for the king. It was built by a king for people. It consisted of five levels. Five levels, not five porches, five levels. The upper level and a lower level, and it had five depths. One to sit on and put your feet in. One that was knee-deep that you could wade in. Hallelujah. One that had water to your waist one that had water to your shoulders just below your head and one that went over your head you had to swim in it i already love this pool because it's five different levels i want to tell you something i have been a part for a long time of a fellowship that it was 45 feet drowned or swim brother and a lot of us have a hard time getting out of that concept of living But I want to remind you of something. When Jesus found a blind man, he had already went to a pool that served the blind and the halt and the withered. But when he found a blind man, it's amazing when he put stuff on his eyes where he sent him. He didn't send him back to the temple crowd. He sent him to the place called Sint. He sent him to the pool of Siloam which was built by a king for people. People of all kinds, if you just need a little touch, put your feet in the water and get your feet clean. If you want some healing up to your knees, get in the water up to your knees. There's another level that says you can go waist deep. Another level says you can go to your chest and above. And another level said if you want to swim, you can swim all day. It kind of reminds me of Ezekiel chapter 47 when the prophet saw a little water coming out on the south side from the altar and it grew and grew and grew and it was water to wade in. Water's to the knees waters to the waist waters to the chest and then waters to swim in what he's saying is that this Jesus it does not matter where you are in your spiritual journey ha. it doesn't matter where you are in your spiritual walk it doesn't matter if you've never known anything about this Jesus and his healing he's got something for you here today if you want to put your feet in the water go ahead and touch the water it's okay if you want to dive in and swim it's alright get in the water water Jesus wants to heal everybody in this house today. It's kind of like that little boy, Halloween. He wore a sheet to be a ghost. And he ran out of the house and hit a tree and fell down. His daddy come out there and Straighten the sheet up and put it over his eyes so he could see. He said, oh, I didn't realize I was supposed to see. There's some people that come to church. Woo! They come to the house of God, and they don't realize that they're supposed to be healed. They don't realize they're supposed to leave here feeling better about themselves. They don't realize they're supposed to have their mind cleansed and their heart renewed. They don't realize that. But I'm telling you, Jesus' ministry was a healing ministry. My question is, are you in the receiving mode today? That's my question. That's my question. There's three things that require a miracle. Are you ready for this? Three things. Number one, you've got to walk toward it. Everybody say, walk toward it. If miracles are being preached here, you don't need to walk out the door. You need to walk toward the miracle. You need to move toward it. Everybody say, move toward it. Jesus is... Coming to a man's house in Luke 19 and a little old short guy climbs up in a tree. His name is Zacchaeus. He climbs up in a tree to see Jesus. And when Jesus sees him in that tree, watch this. He moves toward him. Hallelujah. And he looks up in that tree and he sees that wee little man and he said, come down. Come on down out of that tree. I'm coming to your house today. The reason he did that is because the man moved to him, and he moved to the man. The next thing I want to tell you about this healing situation is this. There's got to be a lock-in time. you got to lock in. In other words, you've got to shut everything out. Paul in Lystra in Acts 14 went to a place, and there was a crippled man there. And the Bible said while Paul preached, he locked in on that crippled man. He locked in on him. And he saw that he had a desire to be healed. And the Bible said when he locked in on him, he looked at him and said, stand on your feet and be healed. And the man stood on his feet and was healed. I'm telling you, when I'm preaching here today, I'm locking in on people right now. I'm seeing people. I believe that Jesus is in this house. It's not a normal Sunday morning. It's not a normal day. It's a healing day. And the Lord wants you to walk toward him and lock in. And then when you move toward him and lock in, he's going to do a work for you. Then you just got to move on. Now, if I come around in a minute, and I'm going to do it. I come around in a minute, and I start anointing people like this. Don't bow down to me. Don't bow down to me and say, oh, my God, look at that pastor. He anointed me, and I got healed. Ooh, I'm going to go to that pastor's church. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. No, no, no. I'm a little wild this morning. Forgive me. I'm not the healer. I will rend my clothes. I'll take my clothes off and rip them. I'm not the healer, but I guarantee I sure represent him. Not about me? I'm just giving you an opportunity to move toward it. I'm giving you an opportunity to lock in. I'm giving you an opportunity to move on. What you need to do when you get prayed for today is simply this. Walk out of here and say, no more, no more, no more. I will not hurt any longer. I will be healed the rest of my days. (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) Jesus' ministry was a healing ministry. I must preach he still heals. I must preach he still delivers. I must preach he still forgives. He still saves. I am not preaching the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. So let's talk about the pool of Siloam just a little bit. Let's talk about location. The pool of Siloam was right next to the valley of Gehenna, which the Jews determined to be Hell. They called hell Gehenna in the Bible because that's where they burned the rubbish of the city. There's a lot of people that's come to church today that's living in hell or right next to hell. But if, if I can just point you to a stream, to a spring, to a pond, to a pool, there is a pond, a pool right over here, right next to the place where you are living. You don't have to go far to get it. And I'd like to say something else. Not only does it have five levels, and not only is it in a place where it's reachable, but it is, stay with me now, outside the city. It's outside the city. Hezekiah used it inside the city, but when they rebuilt Jerusalem, they put it outside. You know why? Because they didn't want to count something that close to the place of trash burning. But Jesus still, and I'm done, I'm through preaching. Jesus still said, I don't care if it's outside the walls. I know what you've been living in, blind man, from your birth. You need to have a little bit of hell relieved from your life today. So I'm sending you to the nearest pool to hell. And you're going to get your sight today. Hallelujah. And he sent him not to a deep well, not to a 45-foot deep pool by the temple, but he sent him to a place... by a uh, A place called Gehenna. A place called hell. Because he knows that's where most people live all their life. And here I'll tell you today. If you're living. And your mind is messing with you. And your heart is not right. And you can't get this together. And you can't get this physical man right. I'm here to tell you Jesus' ministry. Is a healing ministry. It's a healing ministry. When I was a little boy. Brother Randy helped me. When I was just a little boy. I was just a little boy I'm going to climb up here and get this oil right now when I was just a little old boy a pastor came out and prayed for me you've heard this story before and stayed up 2 2.30 in the morning praying for me and God healed me and when he left I've never shared this when he left he said this he said this boy will raise up one day to talk about this miracle for the rest of his life he called me to preach when I was this big and I didn't even realize it But I'm here to tell you that I was on the edge of death, and the Lord healed me. Some of you are at the edge of hell, and there is a spring of water right next to you. That blind people who you never thought you could see, who you never thought you could be healed, you never thought would be all right, but God's going to heal you today. There's a young man that just moved his family here from Lufkin, the Cannon family. He has horrible knees. And one night he came up here just like this, walking like a stick man. And I didn't have to ask him what his need was. But he made his way to Jesus. Amen. He made his way to the place where the Lord could touch him. And all of a sudden, I realized that he had a a need in his life. And God touched his knees. And God healed those knees. And he's walking like he's never walked before. You know why? Because he understood. I've got to make my move. It's not if Jesus can do it, it's if I want to receive it. Somebody clap your hands and say amen to that. Come here, guys. Come here, guys. We're going to be the anointers today. Put this in your hand. All righty. Put this in your hand, Reed. Hang on for instructions. Put this in your hand, Brad. Amen. 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 All right. Brother Mitch, go right over here. In between those pews right there, left side and right side. Reed, come right here. Come right here. Work both sides of the aisle. Brad, go right there. Work both sides of the aisle. I need somebody in the balcony that believes in healing. Stand on your feet right now. All right. Is there a minister up there on that balcony? I can't see. My glasses are off. Is there a minister up there? Keith, Keith, come here, brother. Come here, Keith. Hurry down here, brother. I love you, man. Come on down here. We're going we're to pray. Now, we're not going to pray for everybody. We're going to pray for those that want it. Because Jesus' ministry has already been proven he's a healer. Amen? And we're going to pray for people that want healing days. Is everybody all right with this? You all right with it? Brother Keith, here. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Pour this in your hand, good brother. All right. All right. Just, all right. Go up there, my friend. All right. Here we go. Now, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to make random connections I'm gonna be the random man all right I'm gonna I'm gonna zero in on some people I think might need something from God in your life if you want something if you really need a healing today mental marriage financial salvation whatever you need I want you to stand to your feet right now now don't stand if you don't have a need don't stand if you don't have a need it's okay not to stand it's okay it's okay it's okay it's okay brother Mitch Go for it over here, buddy. Amen. Brother Reed, go for it. Go go for it right here, brother. Go for it. Amen. Go for it, Brother Brad. Hallelujah. I'm going to anoint you too. I'm going to anoint you. Amen. Move toward the Lord right now. Move toward him. Move toward him right now. Move toward him right now. I got this side, Brother Reed. Move toward him right now. Move toward him. Brother Reed, just anoint him. Just anoint him, Brother Reed. Just anoint him. Move toward him right now. Move, move, move toward him. Hallelujah. Come on. Come on. Move toward him. Move toward him here in the middle. Come on. Hallelujah in the name of Jesus just move toward him move toward him move toward him in the name of the Lord hallelujah 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 come over here brother amen 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 just move toward him move toward him in Jesus name lord you're going to do a work in his life today hallelujah move toward him come over here honey come over here this side move toward him come on move toward him move toward him move toward him right now move toward him come on move toward him right now in the name of Jesus Move toward him. Move toward him in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! (laughs) Hallelujah! 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 Hallelujah. Move toward him. And that concludes today's message. Please visit clcaustin.com for the latest news to register for an upcoming event or to support the Christian Life Ministry through our online giving portal. Thank you for listening.